Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie G and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, December 9, 2019. This is our 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter Into Action. We are on page 74 and we're starting with that first full paragraph. If we cannot or would rather not, we're going to read that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thanks for your service, The 12 Steps of OA, Tamara C., OA's 12 Traditions, Marge E., and readers of the text are Renee A., Nancy P., and Russ M. The share ID for yesterday, Sunday, December 8, 2019, the special edition meeting, is 13,776. That's 13776. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tamara C. to read OA's 12 steps. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Katie. It's Tamara C. in South Carolina. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Have a great meeting. Thank you, Tamara C. I will now ask Marge E. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Marge. Good morning, Katie. Marge E. from Massachusetts. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group should has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you very much for letting me share. Thank you for your service, Katie. I pass. Thank you, Marge. All right, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter into action. We are on page 74, starting with the first paragraph, if we cannot or would rather not. We're gonna read that one paragraph only. I am now gonna ask Renee A to please get us started. Good morning, Renee. 
Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service. This is Renee A., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If we cannot or would rather not do this, we search our acquaintance for a closed-mouthed, understanding friend. Perhaps our doctor or psychologist will be the person. It may be one of our own family, but we cannot disclose anything to our wives or our parents which would hurt them and make them unhappy. We have no right to save our own skin at another person's expense. Such parts of our story we tell to someone who will understand yet be unaffected. The rule is we must be hard on ourselves but always considerate of others. So, um, you know, as I was reading this, I was actually feeling pretty grateful because this section is a part uh, where Bill is writing about how to choose somebody to hear our fifth step. And I think that, you know, back in the 30s when this thing began in the 40s, I think it would have been really difficult to find somebody. But, you know, today I don't really think we have that problem per se. But, um, and I, you know, and that to me is a point of gratitude because I have several people in my life that I would trust to hear a fifth step. Um, when I read through this paragraph, actually, I, there were a couple of principles that were talked about in here that I, that I wanted to hit on. So that first one where he says, you know, we don't have any right to save our own skin at another person's expense. And, you know, I think to me, I take this as a warning that I need to be careful during my fifth and ninth steps that I don't do any more harm to people. Um, because, you know, this, this part of, the, of our step work is about cleaning up the wreckage. This is the beginning part of cleaning up the wreckage of our past. And, you know, I was just thinking about how many times in my disease I have blurted something out under the guise of being honest, you know, or get, getting something off my chest. And, you know, the thing is, I might have felt better, but if it was hurtful to somebody else, you know, I did more harm. And, you know, I don't have the right to make myself feel better um, without giving any thought to what effect it's going to have on somebody else. And so, um, you know, that's one of the principles. And then I think that second principle is really just a continuation of the first um, it says the rule is we must be hard on ourselves, but always considerate of others. And, you know, this book tells me all over the place that selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my problem. And, you know, I have this, this nasty habit of holding everybody else to a really, really high standard and giving myself a pass on everything. Um, and, you know, this book tells me that my recovery depends on reversing that trend. So, um, you know, when I do a 10th step or when I've done, you know, a 5th step or ninth step, I mean, there's part of me that, you know, does that whiny, poor me thing. Uh, you know, why do I have to look at my own stuff and everybody else gets a pass? I have to, I have to. You know what? I don't have to. I don't have to. I do it because I want to because I know what's at the end of this process and it is total and complete freedom for me. And I'm a freedom junkie now. I, I want um, the freedom that comes from taking my part. And so, um, you know, I, I get happier and happier to give this stuff away um, and be quote-unquote hard on myself because, um, you know, there's, there's good at the end of that for me. And so with that, Katie, I think I'll pass. Thank you, Renee. Okay, before I take our first lineup, just a reminder of where we're at. 
We are in the chapter into action. We're on page 74, starting with that first paragraph, or if we cannot or would rather not. Reminder that we have only 14 slots to share each and every meeting. So we ask that if you have shared recently, that you take a step back and let those who've not shared recently take a step forward. So um, I'd be happy to take your name. Go ahead. Melissa Santa I got Melissa. I got Santa. Vasa, 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 and hang on one second. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. Okay, I have Hang on one second. Uh, I have. Um, I apologize. Okay, so I have Melissa C, Santa H, Vasa O, Ann M, Barbara E, and I'll take one more name. Lane M. Okay. Sorry for my broken ears, my friends, but that's the list I have to get us started. So I have Melissa C, Santa H, Vasa O, Ann M, Barbara E, and Lane M. And we'll cycle back through again, not to worry. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Katie. It's Melissa C, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, so, um, you know, we have to tell people who are understanding and unaffected. And um, and for me, like, no, it couldn't be people in my family. Like, it, it's not appropriate for me to disclose things to my family, um, you know, not my husband, not my parents, not my siblings, you know, not coworkers, not my kids. Um, because although they all want, they all wanted me to get well. You know, um, but all of them had a very real chance of being hurt by my inventory. And, you know, I've learned that um, this process is about removing the blockages between me and God and not to pass the blockages on, right? So I'm not going to clear my side of the street and then dump it on their side of the street. And um, I needed... I needed to have, that's not me unmuted. Um, I mean, that's me unmuted, but there's someone else unmuted. Yeah, Melissa, would you mind just pausing really quick? Um, somebody's unmuted that I think might have said their name. I think that might be Santa. Um, if everybody could just make sure they're muted so we can hear Melissa, I'd love it. Uh, go ahead, Melissa. Hi. Okay. So, yeah, so I've learned through the steps how to be honest, but how to think of others. You know, and and my truth, it's not an open door to saying whatever crosses my mind. Um, you know, and I've I've learned that if I'm starting off a conversation with someone that I love by saying, "Can I be honest with you about something?" Um, it usually means watch out because I'm about to be hurtful. You know, and that is not what this process is about. Um, you know, and so. It was really, um, it was very exciting for me getting entirely honest. You know, it was, it was weird, it was painful, it was new, but it was exciting. And as I did my inventory and my resentments, you know, got lifted, um, there was a part of me that wanted to tell people, oh, guess what? I've let go of all the stuff that, you know, I was angry at you about. And, and it's like, what? You know, that. I can't do like, because um, maybe they didn't even know that I was upset with them, you know, and my, um, I found that all of my relationships 
have improved as a result of this process. And that, yeah, I've been really lucky. I've been fortunate in finding a whole community of people who who know how to do this, who are really have a great sharp eye at helping me find my part. And those are the people that I fully disclose myself to so that I can live in peace with the others in my life. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. All right, next up we'll have Santa H. Followed by uh, Vasa. Oh, good morning, Santa. Good morning to my fellows and good morning to you as well. Thank you for hearing my name. Um, I diddle diddle to what Renee and Melissa said. Um, They both said exactly what I wanted to say, but I guess I'll say it in my own words. Um, I am too ungrateful for this fellowship, particularly for this fellowship here, a vision for you, uh, because I don't have to search out for a psychologist or a doctor or therapist or a family member today. I have a community of people who are understanding and closed mouth. And also, um, I just remember when I first started doing this work, um, I was petrified of looking for someone in um, the fellowship to do my fifth steps with. And I did go to understanding people, like my pastor and uh, my therapist, um, but they didn't understand the process. They didn't understand what I meant by saying my part. And I was still looked at as that I should be the victim. But I don't have that issue today in this program. I mean, I do fifth steps every single day. And it's great today that I have a community around me that supports me and give me um, constructive feedback, spiritual feedback to me um, uh, when I when I give away my inventory to them. And, you know, like it says here, this is a great reminder for me. I have no right to save my own skin at another person's expense. So, you know, I, I can't go to my family members or people who I gossip and say, guess what, I, you know, I've just been free of what I've done to you. Um, that's where the ninth step comes in at for me. You know, I have to make sure that I'm doing seven and eight and really clearing myself and go and speak with my sponsor or other fellows in the program as to exactly what I should say. And today, even even in my life today, you know, where it says um, the rule is to be hard on ourselves and consider others, I have to still learn to be patient, to be tolerant, um, Every now and then, my mouth sometimes says things that I don't mean to say. And like I just blurt it out, and immediately today, I go to that person and make amends. Even if they say, oh, it's okay, no problem. I know what I have to do. I know what I need to do. And, you know, by doing this work, by doing this fifth step, has kept me um, lately happy, joyous, and free. And I'm going to keep doing it because I, I want this happiness and this joyful feeling that I'm feeling and this freedom that I'm feeling today. And I'm going to milk it for as long as I can because I know bad days and tough times are coming, but at least I know I have a family here that I can lean on for support and for guidance and for encouragement. And again, thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Santa H. All right, next up we'll have Vasa O. Followed by Anne M. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, Katie, and good morning, everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Vida. Please time me because I can get carried away. So I came to step four and five, 
and my sponsor was a family person. Of She knew my family, and of course my father brought me to the program. <coughs> Excuse me. And she could, she could guide me up to her level, and then she suggested for me to go and get outside help, go to counseling. And that's what I did because I really could not tell my sponsor about everything. I shared about some stuff, but since she knew my family, I was not going to tell her certain things. And, um, and, and I took her suggestion, and I went to my counselor, and I knew that everything was going to be locked in the, in the cabinet. Nothing was going to go out there because that's what they do. They don't go out and gossip about things. And that sometimes I remember I had to find somebody I really trusted. It took me a while to find this person and to develop a, you know, a relationship before I started doing my fifth step with him. And I remember he said to me, don't worry, I'm not going to put it on, uh, on, in the newspaper. You know, there were times we could joke about things, and that was so good. We can do that. And he shared some of his weaknesses with me, too. And I felt like I'm not alone. And I heard one of the women in my program away, her husband was in AA, and he decided to go and tell his wife, he should have gone to his sponsor or somebody else before he went to his wife, and he told her how he had an affair with another woman, whatever. So he told her, he hurt her so bad to his expense to make himself better, whatever. And she went, she was so mad, she got angry. She was new, newly person in, in OA, and she, was, she divorced him. So that's why we have to be very, very careful what we do, what we say, to whom we say. And I needed to have a safe person. I, mean, I still wouldn't go to my husband and tell him what I did. You know, I mean, I tell him about some things, but there's some things I would never go and tell him that. Why would I want to hurt him? So, again, I love going through the 12 steps that I do it just once. I do it over and over and over because stuff is always coming up. So thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. All right, next up we'll have Ann M. followed by Barbara E. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Katie, and thanks for your service. And uh, sorry I missed you at the convention. Um, yeah, lovely to hear this part. And uh, the part that really jumps out at me there is, you know, the rule is, it's a rule. So that's a strong word, is that we're hard on ourselves and, and considerate, always considerate of the other person. Um, and I need to hear that as well, Katie, because I will try to blame, I will try to put a big butt in between, I will try to be the victim and the truth is if I want freedom I have to uh, I have to be honest and open um, and I'm very grateful you know to have a sponsor who works this program like I do and uh, I don't have to start out you know a doctor or psychologist because they don't get it, they don't get the identification and if they don't and they're not connected like we are um, I won't get the freedom, and that's what I want. I want freedom. I want recovery. Um, yeah, I want abstinence. Um, but I want more than that. I want the promises as well. Um, and and you know, it's 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 real. It's really good to hear. You know about the um, the clear on on my side of the street because that's all I can I can do. Um, I try to control and manipulate and 
explain, but, you know, it's my side of the street and I have to stay on my side of the street and I need a program for that and I need a higher power. Um, yeah, and the part, you know, to uh, understanding and unaffected those people to be to be not connected to me, because, you know, if I start to disclose stuff to them, um, I'm just I'm just really just making things worse. I'm not I'm not getting any freedom. I'm not getting, you know, my step nine has to be where I'm not looking at their part. I'm looking completely at my mistakes. Um, and then I, 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 I get the freedom and I get to walk, you know, hand in hand in the sunlight of the spirit. Um, so, you know, and again, it's it's so good to hear, you know, considerate of the other person, um, always hard on myself or to be hard on myself. Because, you know, it, it is a program where I am selfish and self-centered. I will always look to get the easier, softer way. And there is no easier, softer way. This is the easier, softer way for me. Um, to go back into the food would be absolute torture, absolute torture. So I'm so grateful and thanks for, for all your service. Um, and I'll leave that at that. Thanks for, thanks for your service, Katie. Thank you, Anne. And before we take... Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Thank you, Anne. And before we take Barbara E., I just want to let everybody know if you've just joined us. We are in the chapter Into Action. We're on page 74 sharing on that first paragraph, if we cannot or would rather not. We read that one paragraph only, and we'll have Barbara E. followed by Lane C. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, everyone. It's Barbara E., as you said, in New Jersey. Let me set my cricket timer. Okay, there we go. Well, for this compulsive overeater, weighing in at 237 pounds, the only solution was this 12-step program. I masked my pain with humor. I said I wasn't overweight. I was just under tall. But seriously, I was dying. I was broken and desperate. Once I started eating compulsively, I couldn't stop. My cravings led to binge after binge after binge. So I did decide to give OA a try because I saw in you quality of peace and serenity and I had none. You seemed to genuinely care for others when I cared for no one but me. I lied, I stole, I cheated, I gossiped, I engaged in slander to make myself feel better. So how could I humble myself to share these awful truths with another? I was told I must or I might go back to my compulsive overeating. There was a solution but could I take it completely, turn my will and my life to a God that I wasn't sure I believed in? Could I lay aside my prejudices and open my heart? Could I be, uh, be relieved of the insanity? Could I de- do the serious soul surgery call for? A tall order for a liar like me. My giant ego told me I was the scum of the earth. So the first time I did the steps, I left out the items I felt were too heinous to reveal and then was surprised when the promises did not come true for me. I had never taken that leap of faith. I did not yet truly believe I needed a new director. God knew I was not ready yet. I had to begin again. The next time I did the steps, I went in with a new attitude. I found a person I felt safe with. Close mouth sympathetic, and I said a prayer before beginning. 
God, my inventory has shown me who I am. I admit my wrongs, and I ask for your help in admitting them to another. And to my surprise, I did slowly begin to feel the promises coming true. I began to pray and meditate consistently and be grateful to trust God, clean house, and joyfully work with others, always asking what God would want me to be, to mold my ideals and to be God-reliant. And how did this happen? Again, it was by humbling myself and being entirely honest with another gentle person who didn't gasp at my revelations. Yes, I began to feel transformed. Thank you. This program is a gift from God, and when I hear you, I know it's God speaking. There are my crickets. (laughs) Thank you, Barbara E., and your crickets. All right, next up we'll have Lane C., and then we'll take a new lineup. Good morning, Lane. Good morning, Katie, and good morning, my fellows. Um, This is Lane C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, in Rochester, New York. Um, I love uh, this paragraph because um, these, the, you know, the folks who wrote this book, Bill W. and, and others who helped to edit it, really knew uh, me and knew me as an addict um, because we begin this paragraph with, if we cannot or would rather not do this. Um, you know, and, and I think that gets back to, you know, the paragraph before this where it says we must be entirely honest with someone if we expect to live long or happily in this world. Um, I know for me that um, that when I got to the fifth step, um, I had a sponsor uh, that I felt like I could talk about with, um, that I could be honest with. Um, but one of the struggles that I had was there were definitely things on my list that I did not really fully want. There, you know, there were some things that it felt like, oh, this is this will be easy to talk about. And then there were like two or three things where when I came to them, there was this pause, this moment of like, oh, maybe I would rather skip this. Um, and so I just I see this paragraph as, as saying like, you know, you have to be honest with someone, especially if if you you expect to get the full benefits of this program, if you want to stay um, abs- abstinent, and and if you want to stay helpful to others, we can't give what we what we um, don't have ourselves. And so if we want to invite folks into that deep honesty, I just I see this paragraph as just really inviting us to get as honest as we can. Um, uh, with you know, with folks who are appropriate. Um, for me too, I've also struggled in this program with like that. Um, what was mentioned before about you know really just wanting to be honest with everyone, and um, I'm very grateful that I I had um, someone who helped me to be discerning about what is appropriate to say and what is not appropriate to say to folks once I get to the ninth step and get to my amends. But what what was important was for me to be completely and entirely honest in this fifth step. Um, I also love that this paragraph mentions alternatives to um, sponsors because I was also someone who could make my sponsor my higher power. Um, I was so, you know, hurt and broken by this disease and so like empty inside that I sought a higher power in a sponsor, in some of you all here on the line. Like, you know, if, if folks had a good word to offer to me about these steps, I was just like, yes, I, you know, I, I am connected with you. Whatever you say goes. Um, and really, these steps are a process to connect to a higher power. It's, of course, important for us to talk to someone who will understand, um, but having the higher power piece um, as a part of sort of guiding this process and helping us be discerning about where we where we take these and then future steps is so key. 
um, and, and not to just make whoever we're telling our story to, whoever we're giving our fist up to, our higher power. Um, I feel like that's, that's not Time, what we're program to do. So thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Lane. <clears throat> okay, before we take our next lineup, uh, I'm just going to let everybody know where we're at. We are in the chapter into action, page 74, that first full paragraph, if we cannot or would rather not. Just a few reminders. We ask that you not go on speaker phones so that we can actually hear you. If you haven't shared in the past couple of days, reminder, there are only 14 slots available for everyone to share. Um, so we ask that you take a step back and let some new voices be heard. So with that, I'll take my next lineup, please. Maria Maria, I think that was um, Maria S. and Melissa P. Who else? Cynthia C. Cynthia. Darian K. Darian and, uh, okay, I think that's everyone. So let me just make sure my brain, wait, Darian K, Meg A, perhaps, and then I believe that was Judith R, and that's my magic six. So let me just see if my ears are broken or not. I have Maria S, Melissa P, Cynthia C, Darian K, Meg A, and Judith R. And if you're not Maria S, I believe, please mute your phone. Let's keep it off speaker, and we'll go from there. Good morning, Maria. Good morning, Casey. Can I be heard? Loud and clear. Great. Thanks, Casey, and thanks for your service. I'm very grateful for technology today that I'm 5,000 miles away and I can get to dial into this meeting and, and hear such wonderful shares. Um, yeah, and this time that Jim said to me, you know, if we cannot or would not or would rather not do this, we search our acquaintance for a close-mouthed, understanding friend. Um, yeah, and, you know, in my ego, that was really important to me that it was a close-mouthed, understanding friend because yeah, in my ego, I justified, I, I rationalized and... I bargained with my behavior um, and I was absolutely steeped in shame. So it was important that I found somebody that was close-mouthed and understanding that wasn't going to judge me or ridicule me because that's what I did to myself. Um, and so it's right naturally above, you know, the previous part, we think well before we choose that person. And I didn't have to think about that, you know. I had my sponsor who I absolutely implicitly trusted and trusted with what I was going to share with her. Um, and, yeah, and, and it talks about being entirely honest. So it was, it was getting entirely honest um, and bringing these defects out into the open. And that was scary, you know, scary. When I walked in, the two steps that jumped out of me were step four and step nine. Um, and, yeah, it's, and, and in doing this, you know, I unblocked me. You know, I unblocked myself. And I didn't even know that I was blocked off. I didn't know that, that I was blocked off from the sunlight um, of the spirit. And in the previous chapter, it tells you, too, that if I have to live long and happily in this world, I must be entirely honest with somebody else. Um, and it is about that absolute honesty. And and I love the last line where it says, the rule is we must be hard on ourselves, but always considerate of others. And, you know, I like rules. <laughs> I need rules because I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm an addict. I'm absolutely undisciplined by me. So I need the discipline of these steps. Um, and I need to work them. And like you guys do in the line, like my hair is on fire. Um, and a higher power in my life today who... Who I depend on for my guidance. Um, 
Yeah, I'm just very glad to be on the line today, Katie. Thank you. Delightful. Thanks, Maria S. <clears throat> okay, next up we'll have Melissa P. Followed by Cynthia C. Hey, Melissa, Melissa P. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. This is Melissa P. from Buffalo. Good morning, fellows. Happy Monday. Um, I read the last sentence where it said, be honest with yourself and consider it to others. And I thought, my God, I lived my life opposite of that before coming to program, that I created scenarios in my head that gave me a reason to do the harmful things that I did, whether to other people or to my family or institutions, and I was inconsiderate to others. You know, so when I first gave my inventory away to my sponsor, I was like itching under my skin to get rid of this and would do anything to feel better. And I thought that I would have to be painfully honest with some of the people that I had hurt. And I'm so glad that those directions were there that I don't get another free pass. I don't get an opportunity to hurt somebody again to make me feel better, right? Because that's the compulsive overeater in me. That's the addict in me, that I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make myself feel better at the cost of other people. And then what would be the point of that? But the the eater in me thought that that was the answer. And I was so grateful going through these steps with the big book and with someone who understood that, that it's not an opportunity to hurt people. It's not an opportunity to be dishonest with myself. It doesn't matter if I'm uncomfortable. You know, because living comfortable, finger quote, got me to 350 pounds and almost divorced. You know, that's what comfortable did for me in my life and uh I don't know I'm getting teary-eyed so I guess that's really what it is is that for now I have to be honest with people even if I don't want to be but I also don't get to hurt them you know because I'm learning like every day I'm showing up as a representative of God you know and so even though there might be something that needs to be discussed how would I say it how would I say it that the way my higher power would want me to approach somebody how how does that sound, you know? And so I'm I'm trying to live my life differently, and I'm grateful for all of you that I get to see how it's done and try every day to be a better person. So thank you so much, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa P. All right, next up we'll have Cynthia C., followed by Darian K. Good morning, Cynthia. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service, and thank you to everybody who makes this meeting possible today and every day. Um, I just, I, I just, I was so moved by the last speaker. I related to so much of what she said. And just, I have to say, you know, especially since getting in recovery in A Vision for You, I wake up every morning grateful. And, and I just, that was not the case. I used to wake up every morning depressed and, um, or, or just afraid to get out of bed. Even though I have a lot of energy, I just, I would dread the day. There was a part of me that always dreaded the day. And the fifth step really, really, really changed that, you know, writing my fourth step and looking at, you know, writing the fourth step and, and looking in at myself and, and, and be, yes, and being kind of tough on myself, not, not beating myself up. Nowhere does it say of a step, take a hammer to our heads and beat ourselves up that we're the worst person in the world. That's our ego. But, 
let's just to really look. I like the idea, you know, yes, this program doesn't mean that we're always taking, well, we're not, we're not taking the easier, softer way. Um, and because of the fifth step, um, I wake up today, I've shared, I, I lived in so much dread and so much shame and so much fear, constant, constant fear of what people thought of me and, and how I acted and how I just, I just really thought I was the world's worst person. I was this terrible monster. And being able to share my fourth step and do my fifth step with my sponsor, and my sponsor had a very different life than me. She had a much more sheltered life. I had a much more wild life than she did, with both alcohol and, and maybe or maybe not with food. You know, I, I, I just, you know, I had just so much shame. I just so much shame. And being able to share my story, being able to share my defective character, being able to share my resentment and my fears and my sex inventory, you know, it was so unbelievably freeing. And my sponsor's a really, really, really different background than me. And not once did she blink, not once did she say, wow, that's really awful, you know. She just heard everything I said and took it in and and helped me to figure out, helped me to look at what were the patterns in my life? What were the character defects that came up again and again and again? So I could, in step six and seven, pray to let those go and have, and have my higher power lift them from me. I just, um, I'm so grateful for the step. Today, I wake up feeling grateful. And it's not like every day is a happy, wonderful, easy day. I think the previous speaker talked about it, that you know, today I know that it's okay to feel uncomfortable feelings. It's okay to feel sadness and grief and pain. It's okay to say, wow, I see this character defect in me. I'm afraid to have my higher power lift it. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for this meeting today. Thank you all. With that, I pass. Thank you, Cynthia C. All right. Next up, we'll have Darian K. Followed by Maggie A. Good morning, Darian. Good morning, Katie. Um, I'm Darian Kay from the Berkshires, Massachusetts. Grateful, uh, grateful to be on the line with all of you. And I, I must say, I have so many of your faces um, in my head, um, in my view, I should say, because of the conference. And so I am so grateful to see all of you, like a face-to-face -face phone meeting. Um, so I am, uh, yeah, I'm grateful for this stuff as well and, um, and the clear-cut directions that people, you know, talk about. I'm really not going to say much that others have, haven't already said, um, but I, I need directions. Um, and I am a rule follower, um, and so I feel like this kind of gives me the rules and the, the ways to do things um, that I so crave. Um, it's so much better than trying to figure it out myself. Um, but on the flip side, I'm an approval seeker and a comfort seeker. <laughs> um, that you know, that could be my middle name, Darian, approval, comfort. And um, yeah, I just really don't want you to dislike me. Um, I would much rather think that you know I'm the best and and a wonderful friend and have no problems, um, and no dark secrets. And uh, I also am a comfort seeker, so um, trying to get outside myself and doing anything uncomfortable, taking a risk. Oh, anything requiring effort, oh, God, just makes my stomach churn, and I just um, don't want to do it. So, um, so grateful that I stepped outside of that, uh, you know, those, those constant feelings in my mind that I was so used to feeling. 
and got the courage from God, of course, um, to share my fifth step. And I've, and I've done a number of them over the years I've been in program. And each and every one has been special in its own way and so loving and kind and, and wonderful. Um, and, you know, I've always shared it with a sponsor um, because, in my opinion, anyway, I, I feel like I've, I've, you know, I've gotten through a lot of the steps uh, with this person already, and so she really knows me a lot. Um, knows a lot about you know what makes me tick, and so um, and she also sees the patterns in what I'm telling her. So she, to me, she's a good person to uh, to, to to give this stuff to. So um, yeah, I'm just grateful. I uh, I can't even go on and on because that's that's the word for me. Grateful, grateful that I took this leap of faith. And blind faith, in fact, and uh, and and I do this. I follow these directions, and I get the recovery, and I get the gratitude and the peace. That's really what I want. Is I want peace, and uh, for that, I'm grateful. Thank you so much for everyone being out there. Bye. Thank you, Darian K. All right, next up we'll have Maggie A. Followed by Judith R. Good morning, Maggie. Good morning, Katie. This is Maggie A. in Springwater, New York. Really, really happy to be on the line this morning and to hear what I've heard. Um, And people talked about the comfort seeking, and I sought comfort from food all the way up to 270 pounds. But the thing is, at 270 pounds, I was not comfortable. And part of the reason I wasn't comfortable is that I had secrets. And what that passage is saying to me is that this it, this process is of the fifth step of the sharing of the secrets is is so important and it demands thoroughness. And if I can't share those deepest secrets with the person that I'm uh, working through the steps with, I better find somebody that I can do that with. And I did have the situation where I had a secret that I thought I could never tell a living soul. And in the process of doing the fifth, I I told that to my sponsor. I didn't give her the details, but I said, I don't know that I can actually tell you this. And she said, well, you better find somebody who you can tell it to. And it turns out I lived near a monastery. And though I don't practice that particular religion, I went to, um, to that monastery and asked to speak with someone. And this very big, large, <laughs> very obese, um, man, a uh, monk came out to talk with me. And my reaction was like, this is who I'm going to share this with? I don't think this is the right person. But I took a leap of faith and I started to share. And he said to me, oh, I know exactly what you're doing. I'm a 12-stepper as well. You know, so there it was. And so I, you know, opened myself up to this this other human being. And he had incredible grace and wisdom and i actually did a fifth through nine with him on this particular thing and at the end he said to me so now you've been given this gift of forgiveness and what do you do when you receive a gift and he said think about somebody giving you a beautiful piece of jewelry and you know you want to wear it and you want to show it to that person that how much you appreciate he said now with your higher power wear this forgiveness and show how much you appreciate it and stay in touch with that power that has given you this this forgiveness. And I I left that place, you know, going through the great discomfort of talking to the strange man that I left that place a free woman 
this is something I had not shared with anybody. I thought it, I would take it to my grave. I thought, you know, that it, the, the burden of carrying that secret would, would kill me. But here it was lifted in a moment of faith, really, because it took faith to go to that place and it took faith to share with this person that I, that I thought would never understand. But I th- the, the point, though, being that whatever it Hi, is, please. it is to find someone to share it and give it away. So with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Maggie A. All right, next up we'll have Judith R. Judith, please go ahead. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much. Judith R. Gratefully recovered in Brattleboro, Vermont. This meeting is already amazing. Um, We must be hard on ourselves. Six words that slayed me when I first read it. It was like, Bill? Don't tell me to be hard on myself. That's my worst character defect, is being hard on myself. I felt that everybody could even see it. I remember going on a retreat and telling someone, you know, after 15 minutes or something, she said, oh, you're so hard on yourself. And I know she said that to be helpful, but it hurt me because it was like, oh, my God, after only 15 minutes, she can see this huge flaw in me. Um, so it took me a while to rethink and re-see what Bill was actually saying here. So the ironic thing is now that I am hard on myself in 4 through 9, and especially 10 and 11, I'm not so hard on myself anymore. (laughs) I'm not hard on myself at all. When I see my character defect and tell somebody else, It really literally is a turnaround. I turn around. I stop being mad at whoever I'm mad at. I stop being mad at myself if if I'm the one that I was resentful of. And I have a new lease on life. I, for some reason, the way God works, instead of me judging myself nowadays, when I see a flaw in a character defect and I talk about it and I get rid of it or God gets rid of it, I'm not hard on myself in that way. So the way that he's talking about to be hard on myself, to face this stuff and to actually take the action, then then I'm not being hard on myself in the old way. And I'm a person who misunderstood the steps so thoroughly that I actually thought I didn't owe my brothers and sisters any amends because they had never seen me overeat. So I had put the whole thing into the food category in, instead of the behavior category. And so now, after 42 years in program, I can finally start making amends, and maybe my family will see that this actually is helping me and not just a food program. And with that, I too shall pass. Thanks. Thanks, Judith. All right. Before we wrap up, we have time for two Shorter shares, who would like that time? Press star one. Hi, Larry. Anybody else? Vinny T. All right, Larry and Vinny. Let's try for like, I don't know, like a minute and a half or so-ish, and we'll go from there. That ish is an exact number, Larry. Go. (laughs) Okay. Katie, can you hear me all right? (laughs) Loud and clear. Okay, thanks. I'll, I'll keep it short. I didn't want you guys to know certain things about myself when I came into program. 
I didn't want you to know that I, I busted a windshield with my fist while I was driving. I was going about 70 miles an hour. This was years ago before program. And I got angry. I don't remember all the details. It was an argument with my wife. And I took my fist as we're driving and I punched the windshield and it just from end to end, it didn't shatter, but there were spider webs, you can imagine. And there was lots of secrets that I had. See, I only wanted you to see the very best in me. You know, I wanted to be admired. I didn't I didn't want to 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 let you know about those weaknesses. This whole step in sequence is about humility and it's about change and it's about opening ourselves up uh, to the higher power of our own understanding. God either is or God isn't. If God is, that creator needs for me to be vulnerable. That, that God, to become unblocked, I need to be honest. I need the world to see me in a transparent way. Until I'm willing to do that, I can't have this recovery. As, as bad as I need it, as much as I want it, oh, I want it, I need it. I can't have it until I'm truly willing to be vulnerable with my fellows and then with the God of my understanding. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Emphasis on the ish. Great work, Larry. All right, Vinny T, you got about a little less than two minutes. Wrap us up, please. Oh, thank you. Am I being heard? Loud and clear. Okay, this is Vinny T, recovered in North Carolina and grateful. Um, and I'm a quick quick uh, sharer anyway. Um, my life was so, you know, tainted with my shame and self-hatred that I couldn't look other people in the eye. You know, I was so dishonest. But I didn't know how to stop lying. I was, I, you know, I wanted to be honest with people and I just didn't know how to get there. And I'm so grateful for these steps that brought me through this process where I could get all of that outside of me and see myself and forgive myself and now present myself to other people honestly. Thank you. I pass. Incredible meeting, my friends. Thank you to the Monday workforce and to everyone who shared. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for today, Monday, December 9, 2019, is 13781. That's 13,781. We're now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy T. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. Our book, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship is right with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will sh surely meet some of us 
as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.